holiday weekend, Friday afternoon. It's time to get started. Oh yeah? Oh yeah. But we can't get started until we ask the preacher. Ask the preacher. Comes your way every weekend as we get the weekend started. Brought to you by Believers Fellowship. Ask the preacher, and here's John Freed. Well, I give you permission, Eric. You can start the weekend. Official. Let the Christmas festivities begin. Yeah, um, I guess uh, at least in America, you know, you got Christmas stuff starts popping up in October. That just uh, that that blows me away. It's uh, astounding. I love Christmas. Don't get me wrong, uh, but I, I miss Thanksgiving a little bit. It seems like it gets shoved out the window. But we're not here to talk about Thanksgiving today. There is uh, there there are a lot of things to to talk about. But I, I intend mainly to to talk about Christmas and uh, the the reason for Christmas. The the first. Christmas, if you will, um, that's what people call it anyway. And so, uh, but before I go any farther, let me just simply say, Merry Christmas from myself, John Freed from Believers Fellowship Church. Merry Christmas! And so, um, and I've been saying to our congregation as uh, this month has rolled on, I'll say it this way: directly from the throne room of heaven, a message from God. I say to you, Merry Christmas. I think God likes celebrating uh, Christmas as much as 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 much as anybody. Um, you know, it's very common verse John three sixteen for God so loved the world and and you know how the rest goes. I'll quote it in a second again. But uh, all of Christmas is really wrapped up in that verse, and I use those terms intentionally. I know they're puns. All of Christmas is wrapped up, but it it really is. Jesus, He's the greatest gift. He's the greatest gift that has ever been given. He's the greatest gift that will ever be given. Nothing surpasses him. There is nothing higher than him. There is nothing deeper than Jesus. There's nothing greater. There's nothing more kind, nothing more lovely, nothing more merciful, nothing more gracious. There is no greater truth. There is no greater help. There is no greater salvation. There is no salvation in any other only in Jesus. And for God so loved the world that he gave Jesus, his only begotten Son, that whoever would believe on him would not perish, but they would have everlasting life. Jesus is God's gift to mankind. He's God's gift to mankind. This is the greatest gift ever given. And so I, I believe God very plainly says to us on a really, in all honesty, on a regular basis, not just one time during the year, but Merry Christmas. Um, Merry is a, is a term that means happy, be joyful, be happy about it. And uh, Mass, you know, uh, the Catholic religion has something that they call Mass. And uh, I, I find it interesting. The word Mass comes from the roots, which meaning celebration. Um, you know, I haven't been to too many Catholic services, but they don't usually come across as great high celebrations. They're usually, uh, you know, maybe kind of a little bit sad and boring. There's a lot of pageantry. There's a lot of beauty. There's a lot of honor. So so don't get me wrong. I'm not dissing entirely on it. But um, Christmas is the celebration of Christ. Um, you know, I, when, when kids are, well, when kids are little, I guess that's the definition of the term kids, I suppose— but um, you give a gift to a kid, you know, you, in, you typically get one of two responses. They're, they either uh, will be very disappointed or, or elated 
um, with with what they have. I love to see it when kids are just joyful. And we give gifts. Everybody gives gifts at Christmas time, hopefully with the heart of um, of of generosity, and not because you have to. I know sometimes you know you got family stuff, and you you feel like, well, I gotta buy for so and so, and that and that's true. There's there's some pieces of that that come into play, um, but the scripture ever so plainly says it's more blessed. You are more blessed to give than you are to receive. And so, man, I just love sitting around at Christmas time and. Everybody's uh, eating and talking and having a good time, and then we are opening gifts and and um, and it just it just makes me makes me smile just to see the the kids happy. My brothers and and well, I don't have any brothers outside of marriage, uh, you know, married in brothers, brother in laws, uh, but my sisters and their husbands and and my parents and everybody's just just delighted to be together and and happy. I don't know what your family is like. It might be miserable around your house at Thanksgiving, Christmas. I hope not. I hope it's very enjoyable. Um, but many people focus on the family, on the festivities, on the activities uh, that, that take place around Christmas. I want to encourage you this year, if you don't do this regularly, uh, especially do it do it this year, take time out of what whatever's going on, and honor God. Christmas is about Jesus. Uh, we have these signs in our front yard, Jesus is the reason for the season. Now, that became a cliched statement, but it's still very true. Jesus, he is the reason. If there was no birth of Christ, we, we, wouldn't, cele- we wouldn't be celebrating Christmas. There'd be no Christmas. I know it's um, largely in America, in the commercial world, commercial culture, um, about the, the gifts and and Santa Claus and all these other other things, but the the root and the real reason, the the thing that makes Christmas a delightful joy, is Jesus. He's the greatest gift. He's the greatest gift. I'm gonna quote the John three sixteen. Quote the verse one more time before we go to break here in, in just a moment. But John three sixteen. For God so loved the world, He loved the world so much that He gave His one and only Son that whoever would believe in him would not perish, but have eternal life. I'm going to read verse 17. It says, God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Whoever believes on him is not condemned. Hallelujah. That's good news. That's good news. You know, you can't work your way into righteousness. I can't. We can't. You can't. We can't work our way into righteousness. It's a gift. It's the gift of God, and God gave us that gift in the person of Jesus Christ. And so you, you put your faith and your trust, you call upon the name of Jesus, and you'll be saved. Now, you, know, you may not really know how to do that. You can, you can call into the program, and you can send me an email, uh, johnfreed at hotmail.com, um, or john at believersfellowship.com. But... Um, you can you can contact us and, and we'll we'll work with you and help you and, and uh, pray with you that type of thing. But to, to be honest with you, God knows you better than you know yourself. And if you, in a pure heart and an honest heart, will just cry out to God, uh, man, He'll He'll change your life radically, change your life forever. I want you to know that God, the Father, your Creator, loves you so much that He sent Jesus. And so He's saying to you today, Merry Christmas. Here's the greatest gift. We'll talk more about it when we come back from the break here, but I just want you to know God loves you. God loves you dearly, deeply. 
Merry Christmas. We'll be back in a couple minutes. Now let's get back to more of Ask the Preacher on this Christmas Eve Eve. Here's John Freed. So what do you call Christmas Eve Eve, Eric? Today. Christmas Adam, because Adam came Adam. before Eve. Eve, Eve, Eve. I'll I'll be here for the next forty five minutes, but then and don't uh, forget to tip your waitress. Yeah, yeah. Then I'm then I'm going uh, to my in laws. We're celebrating Christmas over there tonight. Um, you know, Eric, you just triggered something there where you said, "Don't forget to tip your waitress." Uh, I'm not fully prepared to talk about uh, this yet, but there's a couple things I'll go ahead and and mention. Um, it has come to my attention that there is a an old church building here in town uh, in Lakeland. Um, somewhat near the police station. Um, I'll see if I can find some information real quick. But uh, an old, an old church building that hadn't been used in a very long time, and it was, uh, it's being purchased um, by what, what, what used to be, or what still is, I guess, technically the Federal Bar Lakeland, and they are buying this, uh, this church building and going to turn it into a bar, and um, you know they're going to call it the chapel. It's on 417 North Massachusetts Avenue. If you've, um, if you know where that is, it's a it's a white building, not a real big building, but uh, it's got some interesting architecture and it's got some interesting painting on it right now, like a blue teal streak coming down the the side of the wall. But anyway, this um, this this church, the uh, Federal Bar is buying it, and they're going to turn it into a bar there. That the church are going to call it the Chapel, and. Um, they're waiters and waitresses. This is what made me think of that when you said, don't forget to tip your, your waiters. The waiters and waitresses, they've got a picture of them, and they're excited about the opening of this or whatever, and they're wearing uh, what you might could consider like a nun-looking-like outfit. They're wearing the cap on their head, uh, the, the, um, the, the cloth on their head like a nun would. But obviously, this, these are not black robes that cover the, the full body. These uh, are a whole lot less material than that, but... Um, Anyway, with some religious symbols on them, and, uh, and when, I, when I've seen those pictures, clearly they're making a mockery of the Christian religion, the Christian faith, um, and, and uh, turning this church into a bar. Uh, to, and they may not realize that what they are doing, but they are, they are spitting in the face of God. It, it's, um, it's very disappointing uh, to me to see that this is even considered to, to take place in Lakeland. And um, I I plan on uh, raising my voice about it, and in, in, uh, in hopes that uh, the owners of the bar will change their mind, that they will do something different. Um, I hope that the uh, citizens of the city of Lakeland will consider this um, not acceptable, an apprehensible thing, and uh, and and push it out, um, and not support it, and not 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 let it survive here in Lakeland. So um, anyway, so that is um, y- you can. If you're interested in saying some things, uh, you can communicate with your uh, with your city council about that. And as, as I said, I, I, I don't really have um, anything put together formally to help people um, navigate this, but you can connect with me, and um, and and we'll we'll do something as the time comes on. Uh, the city of Lakeland is willing to hear public comment. I believe on January the seventeenth. I'm I'm not solid on on that, but. Uh, public comment about this um, church building being turned over into the permission to become a bar. Um, and, you know, I know it's I know it's just a building in one sense. You can say, well, it's just a building. It's just a piece of property. That's true. That's true. Um, but for them to uh, have the waiters, waitresses, whatever, 
uh, dress the way they're dressing with with clear uh, and then calling it the chapel bar. There's there's clear connection there to where they are connecting um, the, the the bar, the activities of a bar with uh, religious activities. They've they've copied names, copied symbols, uh, and making a mockery of it. And I don't think that would be acceptable to do that for any other religious faith uh, in 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 society. Uh, why 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 would we allow it for Christianity? So anyway, if um, if you're opposed to that happening. Um, join join the ranks of other people in your city and speak up. Contact the city council, Lakeland City Commission, rather. Uh, contact them and and just uh, say, hey, this this shouldn't be. This shouldn't be in our in our city. Um, you can send them emails. You can look them up on uh, Lakeland uh, is it LakelandGov.net, I believe, is the uh, the city's website. So anyway, I, I hope uh, I hope to keep that from taking place here in the city. All right, I didn't intend to really say anything about that yet, but more will come on that in the next couple of weeks. But there's not a lot of time. Uh, we have to go ahead and, and make something be known now. I, I wanted to read uh, the Christmas story right out of Scripture for us, uh, out of Luke chapter 1 and, and Luke chapter 2, and then maybe even into, into Matthew some, uh, just, uh, just to mention a few things about it and... and um, just give honor honor to God. Christmas is about the birth of Jesus. And so it is interesting to me that um, we we recognize that it was known, uh, you know, across the world people recognize that Christmas is about the birth of Jesus. Whether they focus on that or not is a different story. But it's well known. It's well accepted. It's uh, marked in history very clearly um, from from his birth all the way till now. It's It's never been erased. Uh, this story has uh, kind of taken some adjustments and, and some some colorful turns along the way, but for the most part, stays fairly accurate. Probably the least accurate part would be what happens with the wise men. You know, we three kings of Orient are that kind of thing. That's probably the the one part of the story that gets messed up the most. Um, but the part that is clear is that the Messiah, the Messiah, the Savior of the world, was born. There that night in in Bethlehem. That's not argued. That's not argued. If unless you're just going to completely not believe it, but history proves it out as well. And so it, it's just a, amazing. Uh, it's just an amazing story. So in Luke chapter one, you have really the the story of Zacharias. You have the story of the of the impregnation of Elizabeth. Elizabeth, who is now older, has never been able able to have. Um, a baby with her husband Zechariah, and here an angel comes and says, "You're going to get pregnant. You and your husband, you're going to have a baby," um, and and speaks to uh, Zechariah as well. Zechariah doesn't doesn't really believe, and the angel shuts his mouth, keeps him from speaking against the the plan of God. Elizabeth was barren all of these years. Now she's older, and she's going to have a baby. And what I want to tell you is is something along this line. There may have been things in your life that seem impossible to you, that you have lived a long time and it's never come to pass. Maybe maybe it is natural pregnancy for you. Maybe it's some other kind of dream or something that you feel that God has put in your heart. I, I want to I share this with you. Watch what you say. The angel said to Zacharias, you're gonna, your, your mouth will be stopped because it would keep him from being able to speak against the plan of God. I want to encourage you, don't speak against the plan of God. Whatever it is that you want to, so to speak, give birth to, 
Don't speak against the plan of God. Speak in agreement with God only. If you're going to say something, say stuff that agrees with the plan of God. God's word comes true. It doesn't return void. Let God be true, yea, and every man a liar, every person a liar. If you speak against God's word, you're going to become the liar. God's not going to become the liar. So speak in accordance with the will and plan of God. So Gabriel comes and speaks to Zechariah, says what's going to happen, and and uh, ends up shutting his mouth because Zechariah uh, questioned and, and, and began to speak against it. Now, Gabriel also goes and he talks to, to Mary, and we'll pick up there in Luke chapter 1 and verse 26. And so now uh, uh, it says, In the sixth month the Abriel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Zechariah. So, uh, or a uh, city of Galilee named Nazareth. I don't know why I said Zacharias. Um, so Elizabeth now is six months old. Mary, the angel Gabriel, comes to her and tells her greetings and calls her the favored one. The Lord is with you. She was very afraid, but he says, don't be afraid. You have found favor with God. There is nothing, folks, there is nothing that matches, that that comes um, in that comes anything more beautiful than having the favor of God. That's one of the most precious things about the gift of Jesus Christ, is he is the picture of God's favor towards us. Most people have a picture of God's anger and God's wrath and God wanting to smash you into a thousand pieces and and get rid of you, that he hates you. But no, Jesus is the picture of God's favor, not the picture of God's wrath. Now, you say, well, doesn't God have wrath to pour out? Yes, and he poured it out upon Jesus. That's how great the gift of God is in the person of Jesus Christ. Jesus took God's wrath upon himself so that you and I might receive of God's grace and his mercy rather than his wrath. You, my friend, have also found favor with God in the person of Jesus Christ. So one more time, and I'll say it a few more times before we go home today, from the throne room of heaven, I I say to you, Merry Christmas. We'll be back in a few minutes. Second half of Ask the Preacher starts right now. Ask the Preacher brought to you by Believers Fellowship Church, located on North Socrum Loop Road in North Lakeland. Here's John Free. Hey, Eric, this past weekend, uh, one week ago from, from today, we had our Christmas festival out there at uh, Believers Fellowship. It was just a great weekend. Not nearly as cold as it's going to be this weekend, but it, it was uh, it was nice. It was uh, nice and chilly. Good long sleeve shirt, maybe light jacket weather last week. And we had um, the the hot chocolate and the s'mores. You could roast s'mores and popcorn and hay rides and, and all sorts of good activities for the family out there. And then we did our um, nativity presentation which we we act out the nativity, not the birth part. I don't we we don't we're not that good on special effects yet. To figure out how to do that. <laughs> but uh, anyway, it was a, it was an awesome awesome day. Had a, uh, just over seventeen hundred people come out. Well, over two days, uh, seventeen hundred people come out, and um, the we do an altar call. We present the gospel of Jesus Christ, um, and and I'll share some of that with you in just a moment. But um, we present the gospel. The gospel still works. The good news of Jesus Christ still works. That's what gospel means. It means good news. It, it still 
is alive and, and well. And so we, we live in a, in a pretty dark world, and some things are getting darker about it, but the gospel still works. The darker darkness gets, so to speak, the brighter light shines in it. Um, you know, if I turned, I, I'm in a I'm in a room with plenty of light in it right now. If I turned on a flashlight, I wouldn't hardly know the flashlight came on. But if this room's lights were off and it was completely dark, even just a small flashlight makes a big difference. I want to tell you, folks, if you are born again, if you have the light of Jesus Christ on the inside of you, you could say you you might say, well, I'm not a big big light. I don't have a lot of opportunity, a lot of access. I don't have a big voice, and, and um, you know, maybe you, nobody knows you well or whatever. That doesn't matter. It, it, a little bit of light shines a long ways in the middle of darkness, and so uh, let your light shine. That is a, a, a great uh, picture that we have at Christmas time. At Christmas time, everybody puts lights up. Maybe not everybody. People all over the place are putting lights up. Um, you know, I'm seeing a little less of that this year than I have in, in years past. That's a, that's a little sad. Um, I pray we have a, a resurgence of decorating and being joyful at Christmas time. Uh, there's a lot of ugly garbage going on, and maybe it's just caused people to, to kind of shut down some. Don't do it. Don't let the devil shut you down. Don't let uh, the circumstances of life shut you down. You have every reason to celebrate God's goodness, especially if you're born again. You should celebrate the goodness of God. Now, I want to use this moment here where we are to, to, to jump over into the story where the shepherds are in the field. Um, I'll, I'll move us there quickly from where we were reading before. And an angel comes and tells Mary, you're going to have a child. Um, and she's like, how am I going to have a baby? I, I haven't I haven't known a man intimately, and so uh, the angel says, well, the Holy Spirit will come over you, and you'll be impregnated, basically. You'll be impregnated by God without, without you know, sexual intercourse. Uh, it'll be a miraculous, miraculous thing. So that's why it's called the Immaculate Conception. Uh, so the Virgin Mary becomes impregnated by God, uh, gives birth to Jesus, the Son of God, and so on this night when this happens, um, you know, Joseph and, and Mary, they're, they're, they're in Bethlehem. There's no room for them in the inn. I'd like to underscore that for a moment. There's no room for them. You know, people talk about, oh, they were too poor uh, and, and couldn't, couldn't get any room other than a stable. No, it wasn't a matter of money. It was a matter of availability. There was uh, too many no vacancy signs were lit and so here now it's time for her to get birth and give birth and you gotta find a place man you can't keep roaming town looking for an open hotel room um it, you know you, you gotta find a place now and so that's how they end up in the stable it wasn't because of lack of money is because of lack of space and so anyway uh she gives birth to Jesus there and in Luke chapter 2 in verse 8 it starts to tell the story about the shepherds that are out in the field watching their their flocks it's at nighttime and the angel of the Lord appears to them, and the glory of the Lord shone. That's how the King James says it. it, uses the words shone. The glory of the Lord shone round about them. Um, if you can imagine the glory of God shining out there in the middle of the field, it was bright. I want you to know that the coming of the Lord, the story of his coming, the good news, we're going to hear that term in just a moment, 
it, it's a it's a bright light. John, the book of John in the beginning and in, in chapter one, he speaks of Jesus being a light, a light sent to light the life of men. Jesus is bright and glorious, and even the telling of his coming was full of pictures of glorious brightness uh, surrounding even the the shepherds, you know, angels appearing in the sky. And so this angel tells the shepherds, don't be afraid, for I bring you good news of great joy. I want to underline that with you for a moment. I bring you good news of great joy. It kind of astonishes me sometimes where people will look at the gospel, they will look at the message of God, uh, and not consider it to be good news. Literally, the meaning of the word gospel means good news. But even with the angels giving to the shepherds these these tidings, these, these welcomings, this message, he says it's good news of great joy that I bring you. You know, if you took that, the way that seems like a lot of people view Christianity, that a lot of people view a relationship with God um, you know, that angel should have come down and said, uh, hey, hey, shepherds, I got bad news for you. You know, God has come down here onto the earth. He's going to beat the snot out of you because he hates you so much. That is not the message that the angel gave. Good news of great joy. When, when you find out that Jesus has come onto the scene, it should flood your heart with joy. Now, Jumping back over into the book of John, we were in John chapter 3 earlier when I read John three sixteen and 17, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. If you keep reading into this several, several verses later, it talks about light. And it says, God sent light into the world, but people ran from the light. Well, why do people run from the light? Verse 20 says, everyone who does wicked hates the light. And they don't come to the light because his deeds would be exposed. Whoever does truth comes to the light, and it is clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. People who are doing wrong and and want to stay in wrongdoing, they avoid light. They avoid what is righteous and, and what is good. It scares them because it's going to uh, it's going to show and expose. What they're doing, you know. I mentioned about this this bar thing uh, coming into into Lakeland. I pray that the light, the glorious light of truth, show up on the scene concerning that, and it dispels darkness. That's what light does. Light dispels darkness. I mentioned about being in this room. The lights are very pretty bright in this room. Um, when you go into a dark room and you flip the light switch on. The light and the darkness don't have some kind of battle and some kind of struggle, and then slowly the the darkness gets gets wrapped up and, and shoved out the door. No, it's it's pretty instantaneous. The light comes on, the darkness is gone. That is the picture of the glory of God. When when light comes on the scene, darkness flees, darkness trembles. You, if you are born again, if you are born of God. You have the light of life on the inside of you. You should see yourself as being the bright glory of God. Most Christians tend to see themselves as barely making it through. They're just struggling, trying to please God, trying to just at least do enough that's right in order to make it to heaven. Folks, that's a that's the wrong picture. 
Jesus did everything that was necessary to redeem mankind. And we put our faith in him. We call upon his name. And you, my friend, when you do that, you become a child of the living God. Light comes into you. Darkness is removed from you. Now you become a child of light. You are rescued, translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son, into the kingdom of light. There's not a struggle between light and darkness. Light wins. And when you give your life to Jesus, that light is on the inside of you. So what does that mean about you in this day and in this time? That means you can show up in bad situations and bring light on the scene. You can show up in chaotic situations, chaotic rooms, uh, places where people are fighting and arguing with each other, and you can bring peace to the situation. You can show up in a situation where there's death and destruction, and you can bring life into the situation. That's the power of the life of Jesus that is inside of the saints. It should be clearly seen. Good news. The angel said to the shepherds, I bring you great, or I bring you good tidings of great joy. <laughs> he said, I got good news for you, fellas, in modern-day translation. That's what we say. Hey, good news, everybody. The Messiah has come. Hallelujah. And I want you to know he's here. You say, well, I thought he was coming back again. Well, he is coming back. But King Jesus has already shown up on the scene. Light has come. And if you have received Jesus into your life, light has come into your life. Hallelujah. That's good news. So again, as we're heading into this break, I want to tell you directly from the throne room of heaven, from God's mouth himself, let me say to you, Merry Christmas. It's great news, good news, good tidings of great joy. Merry Christmas to you. It's God's gift. Jesus is God's gift, his great gift to you. Merry Christmas. And now let's get back to the fourth and final segment of Ask the Preacher this Friday afternoon, brought to you by Believers Fellowship Church. Here's John. Yeah, let me invite you to church this Sunday. We do have church at Believers Fellowship. We will have service on Christmas morning. Um, you know, I know a lot of churches will will cancel out on, on Christmas morning. Some of them here in town, many of them are still having service, and I applaud them. I'm glad they're doing it. Um, you know, I know you might celebrate your birthday on, on some other day other than your birthday, and I know December 25th is not really Jesus' birthday. It's just the day in which we have chosen to use and recognize it as being such. And so it's like um, somebody says, are, are you, are you going to go to church on Christmas morning? Oh, no. Why would I go to church on, on the, the, the Jesus' birthday? Why would I do that? Of course. Of course I'm going to go to church. Man, I think it's going to be one of the greatest days. So joyful. And uh, it's just going to be amazing. Um, and it should be joyful. That's why we sing the song, joy to the world, the Lord has come. Um, you know, there, there again, back to that, uh, that, back to that idea that people look at Christianity as being the, the, the robbing of all of their fun and excitement and joy in life, but yet we sing songs like joy to the world, the Lord has come. Uh, we, we confuse ourselves. Jesus should make you more happy than anything on the face of the planet. That's how it's supposed to be. I know a lot of people don't live that way. But uh, that Jesus is our joy. He is our joy. Um, when, when you have Jesus, you should be not miserable, but elated, excited, happy, because blessed and fortunate are you, 
to have found the Messiah, the Savior, to have your sins forgiven. <laughs> Glory be to God. So wonderful, so wonderful to be free. Um, you know, I, I want to mention a couple things that I, that I find interesting uh, about, about Christmas time. Um, people will often say things uh, concerning Christianity and the, the coming of, of Christ and, and the people that were looking for the Messiah. I shouldn't have said Christianity, uh, Judaism. Uh, the Jews in that day, they're looking for the Messiah. They're wanting a Messiah. Uh, and they say that God sent Jesus in a form they were not expecting. They were expecting a, 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 a king, somebody, to, a great warrior, somebody to come with a sword on a, on a valiant steed and, and rescue their people. No, they weren't. They weren't looking for Jesus that way. I I don't know why people have ever picked up that idea of saying that. They they knew how he would come because of the prophecies. The prophecies declared how how he would come. And so when the all these prophecies are being fulfilled with the birth of Jesus, they're exactly what all these prophets had said would would happen. Um, take for example the three kings. The th- we three kings of again. It's a little little messed up in the way we celebrate that in in modern in our modern day world. But these wise men from the Orient land, they saw the star and they knew that a that the child, the Christ child, had been born. And even King Herod of that time, he finds out about it and he's thinking that this child's going to grow up and take over my kingdom. I got to get rid of the baby boys. And so he has every boy child um, from two and younger in that region of the world killed. That's why uh, Adam and Eve had to flee off to, to Egypt to be rescued uh, from that. So they they knew, the Jews knew it was going to be a baby. They, they weren't expecting a man to come immediately. It was going to come in the form of the baby. They knew that. Herod knew it. The wise men knew it. Um, and so my my simple point is to say everything starts small. Was it humble beginnings? Well, sort of. Yes, it was in a it was in a manger. Um, Jesus covers it all. You have all the way from the 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 humble manger being laid into that trough, that feeding trough all the way to great and precious gifts being brought to him of gold, frankincense, and myrrh, um, effectively setting Jesus up potentially for a lifetime of plenty of, of riches. Now, some people will say, well, that's, that was just to, to pay for the fleeing into Egypt to, to cover those expenses. Well, there's nothing in Scripture that says it was, it was for that. Um, but these were great gifts, and if you can imagine entourages of, of people coming and, and worshiping this little baby. They weren't expecting a, a, a soldier on a, on a horse with a, with a sword. That um, might come in, in time, but they knew he would come as a little baby. They came to worship the Christ child. And so I, I pray for you this, uh, this season that you don't miss the fact that God wants to birth something fresh and new in your life. He wants to bring something that is precious and valuable and put it into your life and, and, and have you accept it and honor it and appreciate it and let it grow and let it develop. Uh, they, you know, Mary and Joseph had to protect the baby Jesus. Whatever God births in your life, you're going to have to protect that thing. You're going to have to cherish it. It's going to have to be valuable to you. 
there's a statement that as you as you read through Luke chapter one, Luke chapter two, uh, concerning Mary, it says, and she she pondered these things in her heart. What does that mean? She thought about these things, or you could say it this way: she hid these things in her heart. They were valuable. They were precious to her, and she held on to them like any mother would, um, with with the with great memories from raising your own children. Um, but knowing that she was raising the Messiah, she's raising the Christ child, the Savior of the world. She saw things take place that she didn't quite understand, but yet she held on to these things. She held them in her heart. And what I want to encourage you with is this. There may be things that happen in life that that you just don't quite understand. They may be good things, great things. You just don't quite understand how could this happen to me or bad things. You just don't understand how could this happen to me. Now, I, I pray for you that you would just just hold those things in, in your heart. Don't let them rock your world. Don't let them make you bitter or angry. Just, just hold them in your heart. Take them to God. Let God explain things and, and bring some things to your, your attention and, and speak to you and, and help you in, in those matters. But I, I, wanna, I, I also want to encourage you in this. I ask our congregation on a regular basis, is a gift given a gift received? I've already told you, Jesus is the greatest gift ever given to man. But is a gift given a gift received? No, it's simply given. If somebody came over to your house and brought you a gift and put it under your tree, and then they left and you never opened the gift, the gift was given. But unless you open it, unless you put it to practice and to use in your life, it really has done you no good. I want to tell you that God, the creator of the heavens and the earth, your Father, God, your creator, has given you the gift of Jesus Christ. Don't leave that precious gift under the tree. Spiritually speaking, don't leave it on the tree as in the cross. Accept Jesus Christ into your life and do it today. If you need help, come search us out. My name is John Freed. I'm the pastor at Believers Believers Fellowship Church. We love you. We're here for you. And I want to tell you one last time, Merry Christmas from the throne room of God.